keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. It is Friday. Can you imagine what is on the docket for this weekend? I'm going to go camping. Praise be to God. Taking some of my kids. We're going to go camping. Maybe a little fishing. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But praise be to God, we've made it. Now, today is going to be, I think, uh, an important show. The topic itself is is another one of those topics that I've wanted to cover for a very long time. We're talking about the Mexican cartels. We're talking about the border crisis. The situation on the border, human smuggling, human trafficking. But we're also going to dive into the occult, uh, satanic practices of the cartels. Mixing Catholic, um, Catholic saints with the occult and, and their work. It, it, it's disturbing. It's not information you're going to get too many other places. We have an expert. One of the foremost experts is going to be on our show today, Robert Almonte. He spent 32 years in law enforcement in El Paso. I think at least six to seven or ten of those years he spent as a U.S. Marshal. He is a foremost expert on Mexican cartels and their occult practices. He trains uh, law enforcement agencies all over the country on on the the work the inside scoop of the occult. In fact, I have a little cheat sheet here that he provided me. Um, you can't see it if you're listening on radio, but it lists all the saints uh, that they use, the cartels use for their for their work. They're, they ask the intercession of all of these saints to include Santa Muerte. They actually do human sacrifices to Santa Muerte. We're going to be talking about that. It's a difficult topic, but I think it's important because you're not going to hear that in the conversation over the border crisis too many other places. So that's going to be on the show today. Also, David L. Gray is coming on the program during the What's Concerning Us section. David L. Gray has a show Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Central across the, the, the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're going to be talking about a video clip he and I watched yesterday from uh, Louder with Crowder. You might be familiar with him, maybe not. He is a YouTube uh, political commentator, conservative well, he, he made, he put out this a statement or this video clip about, uh, Pope Francis. Things that he did not like Pope Francis saying. Now, Crowder's not a Catholic. So, there were several things in the video that I thought were worthy of commenting on. And I invited David O'Gray on to conversate about that with me. So that's going to be on the first hour of today's program. It's going to be pretty powerful, maybe a little bit intense at times, but I think it's going to be very good, and I'm very excited about it. Robert Almonte, former U.S. Marshal, is going to be our guest in the guest segment, and then David O'Gray in the What's Concerning Us. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. Uh, looks like it's going to be a really interesting show today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, praise be to God. Now, uh, any plans for the weekend? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a lot of studying and a lot of homework. It's really like the final push for for the semester here. So really, I mean, yep. I mean, you're not done with that already. I mean, like, nope. good grief! Seems the, like it's been forever. The grind never stops. The grind never stops. Well, soon, right? Soon, it's going to be over. The pain and suffering will all end very shortly, right? Uh, in the span of eternity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I meant by finals. Your finals are over this this coming week. Are they not? Uh, yeah, so I'm done with the exams, but now I have to. I'm spending spending the next week turning in late assignments. Whoa, late, so, yes. late assignments? Mm-hmm. That's a thing? 
Yes. I No, mm, never turned. Speaking of late, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. I, I was uh, just want to note, I was not late. How many, how many <laughs> late assignments did you turn in during your college time? Uh, not too many. I maybe uh, maybe a dozen over the course a of the dozen? four years. Yeah, maybe four or five. I'm trying to think, but yeah, not too many because uh, uh, the teachers weren't as merciful to me as they were to Emily. So I, I, all my teachers just really like me. <laughs> yeah, my teachers were like, Adrian, you better get it in or else. Uh, with the exception of Father Dempsey, Father Dempsey let uh, let me off the hook. Dempsey, the merciful—that's yeah. what we called him. <laughs> big time. Uh, well, my rule was, because I had a 3.9 GPA, my rule was to never uh, fail to turn in an assignment. Even if it was incomplete, I still turned it in on time, every time. My rule is ask for extensions. <laughs> You'd make a good CPA. All right. Well, though, let's see. We're going to jump into the show. We're going to run out of time here if we don't get started. We're going to be praying for your intentions, whatever's on your heart, your mind, whatever your needs are today. We're going to include those. If you're hanging out with us on a live video feed, of course, you can always comment your, your prayer intention, but your, your guardian angel knows what's on your mind and your heart. And we're going to ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to pray and intercede for you and for us as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, and never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcrez. Tennessee is poised to enact groundbreaking new child protection measures after the state legislature approved a bill banning transgender hormone procedures for minors. On Monday, the Tennessee House passed Senate Bill 126, a health care bill that bars prescription of cross-sex hormones for minors with gender dysphoria. It prohibits a healthcare prescriber from prescribing a course of treatment that involves hormone treatment for gender dysphoric or gender incongru- incongruent prepubertal minors. The bill passed the Senate by a 24 to 6 vote last month before the House approved it by an overwhelming majority. SB 126 has not yet been signed by Governor Bill Lee, who enacted a ban on transgenders in women's and girls' sports in March. Cross-sex hormones, which almost always follow use of puberty blockers in gender dysphoric children, can cause infertility, permanently halt natural puberty, and are linked to fatal side effects, including heart attacks and strokes. The FDA has never approved cross-sex hormones for gender dysphoria, and the drugs have been barred for minors in the UK and in leading European hospitals. A priest of the Diocese of Enugu in Nigeria who founded Adoration Ministries resurfaced on Wednesday, hours after his followers stormed the Episcopal residence, demanding to know the priest's whereabouts. The followers of Father Ejike Mabaka caused destruction of property at the local bishop's residence on May 5th. Father Benjamin Achi, communications director of the diocese, described the alleged disappearance of Father Mabaka as misinformation. The protesters claimed that Bishop Callistus Onaga of Enugu had invited Father Mabaka for a meeting, and since then, Father Mabaka had not been seen. Last week, Father Mabaka had reportedly called on Nigeria's members of parliament to impeach President Muhammadu Buhari should he fail to resign over increasing insecurity in Nigeria. According to the news agency of Nigeria, Father Mabaka arrived at the residence of the bishop on May 5th in a motorcade amidst jubilation from his adoration faithful followers. 
Father Mabaka has since sought to defend his ministry, saying he's an instrument of God engaged in charity. And four victims sexually abused by former priest Jaime Guzman Astaburuaga will be compensated with 15 million pesos each. The agreement signed on April 27th came following a lawsuit for compensation for damages filed by four former students of St. Ignatius School in Santiago against the Society of Jesus and the St. Ignatius Foundation. The plaintiffs had requested 120 million pesos for each victim. However, the victims apparently withdrew that demand in a letter. They believe there's been a lack of transparency and information regarding the investigation, and so the victims were willing for the financial compensation to be significantly less than that contemplated in the lawsuit. Guzman Astaburuaga was expelled from the priesthood and the Jesuits after the completion of the penal administrative process for the abuse of minors carried out by the Superior General of the Jesuits, Father Arturo Sosa. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Agostino Rosselli, pray for us. St. Agostino was born on the 27th of July, 1818, in Italy. He was born to a poor farming family. Agostino spent his youth as a mountain shepherd, using that time of solitary confinement, so to speak, in prayer. Not unlike St. Patrick did, of course. During a parish mission in five... In, uh, 1835, in May of 1835, he realized a call to the priesthood, a calling which he vigorously attacked with prayer, which led to financial aid that allowed him to study in Genoa. He was ordained on the 19th of September, 1846. He became a priest at St. Martin's in 1846, as well as uh, the Constellation Church in 1854, a chaplain of the Provincial Orphanage in 74, a post he held for 22 years, but it was the prison ministry that I think he was most attracted to. He became a chaplain, especially to those on death row. He established a residential school to train young women who were in danger of starvation or falling into prostitution because they had no one to support them. On the 15th of October, 1867, or rather 76, he founded the Institute of Sisters of the Immaculata to run this and other residential centers that he established. He died in May of 1902 in Italy. He was canonized on June 10th, 2001, by Pope St. John Paul II. St. Agostino Rosselli, pray for us. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Augustine would say, where then love is, what can be wanting? Where it is not, what can profit? I think it begs the question, uh, what is love? Something we've talked about many, many times on this show. God is love. First John chapter 4, verse 8. 
And as this very passage makes clear that the greatest expression of this love, the most fullest expression of love consists, as my commentary from St. Ignatius, the Scott Hahn, Curtis Mitch commentary would say, the fullest expression of love consists in pouring out our lives to God as Jesus did on the cross, to lay down one's life for a friend. That is the expression of love. God died on a cross for you and for me. Love is not an emotion, uh, uh, so to speak. Love is not just some good feeling, how I, how I feel, what, what makes me feel complete. That's not love. Love is to absolutely will the, the absolute best, the good of the other person. And that is their salvation. The promise of intimacy with Jesus is conditional because it can be fulfilled only if we commit ourselves to his teaching. If you obey my commandments. Those are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, the, the commentary also points out the very first person in sacred scripture, pop quiz. For, who was the first person in scripture to be called a friend of God? It was Abraham. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. I find that fascinating. Abraham, a friend of God. Someone who struggled at times to have faith, supernatural faith, and yet we call him the father of faith. I mean, he was afraid of Pharaoh, so he pretended to be just brother and sister with his wife. His, his wife was put into the harem of Pharaoh. Happened again in, in uh, Canaan with, uh, with another local king. And yet, this great man of faith is the father of all nations. It's a powerful reality that we must learn to obey God's commandments. St. Gregory the Great would say, But when all our Lord's sacred discourses are full of his commandments, why does he give this special commandment, respecting love, if it is not that every commandment teaches love, and all precepts are one? Love, and love only, is the fulfillment of everything that is enjoined. As all the bows of a tree proceed from one root, so all the virtues are produced from one love. Nor hath the branch, the good works, any life except it abide in the root of love. If we want to have our joy complete, we must love. What is love? To lay down one's life for a friend. To will their absolute best, their salvation. If we are to be disciples of Christ, we must, we must, we must obey his commandments. We must pick up our cross and follow Christ to Calvary and there die next to him. That is the calling of every disciple, you, me, and all of us. Augustine ends with, For if a man love God, it follows that he does what God commands, and if so, that he loves his neighbor, God having commanded this. Amen. After this very short break, David O'Brien and I are going to chat about Louder with Crowder. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Just noticing in the comments over on YouTube, there's uh, there's an educator in there, uh, you know, basically uh, chastising Brother Adrian for turning in late assignments. I love that. Keep going, brother. I like it. Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes or so from now, we're going to be talking with Robert Alamante, 32-year veteran of law enforcement, to include U.S. Marshal out in El Paso. He is one of the foremost experts on Mexican cartels, their practices, their techniques, as well as their occult practices, their worship of Santa Muerte and their abuse of Catholic saints uh, to achieve their criminal ends. And all the conversation about border crisis, you're probably not going to hear the kind of information you're going to get today from Robert Alamante. And we're very excited about that. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. But uh, joining me right now via Zoom chat is my friend David L. Gray and host of the David L. Gray Show Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central across the GRN. Good morning to you, David. Joe, Emily and Adrian, how are you guys doing? Praise be to God, we're alive. And that counts. Yeah. <laughs> and that counts. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> uh, I sent you that video yesterday. Uh, now, Louder with Crowder. Is, 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 have you ever watched Crowder's videos? I do watch Crowder from time to time. And I guess the Guilty videos pleasure. are like most. Are the I see ones the look on your face. Where he's talking to um, high school or college kids, you know, trying to prove them wrong. So those. The yeah. Change My Mind videos? Yeah, those Change My Mind videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, it. I'm not a big. I'm not, I've never really been a huge fan of Louder with Crowders, but there's a guilty pleasure in watching them. Sometimes, you know, it's yeah. a, it's a bit like watching uh, wrestling. You know, that kind of thing. There's a <laughs> there's a certain level of theatrics that go along with it. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah, because it is because it's kind of staged because they sit around and apparently Crowder is supposed to be funny, but he's really not funny. He has a bunch of guys who he pays to sit around and laugh at his situational humor. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So I do too. By the way. So. <laughs> It, it works out well. <laughs> but he put out, there was a video clip yesterday that caught my attention, and it had Pope Francis on the cover of it, and he was making obscene gestures towards the Pope. And so I'm like, what is this? And so I watched it, and it, essentially they were lambasting the Pope because he was making statements that they they didn't like. They Basically, I don't even know exactly what the statements the Pope made. I have an article here in front of me from LifeSite that I think yeah. is the, the actual statements, and I could read them. But I wanted to address some of the other issues. I mean, the okay. Pope makes statements that Catholics don't like all the time, and some Catholics love them, and some Catholics don't. The Pope makes statements that are fine. They're just they're perfectly fine. They're normal. They're very Catholic. You know, so it, you, you just never know what you're going to get sometimes with Pope Francis. But it was some right. of the other things in the video that I think just disturbed me. And I find this is very common among conservatives on uh, conservative talking heads on YouTube or on uh, mainstream media. 
um, who aren't Catholic or who are fallen away Catholic and, and just have no real understanding of, of the Catholic Church or the Catholic faith. There was one gentleman in this video with Louder Crowder who claimed to be a, a Catholic, but it was clear to me he wasn't practicing Catholic, or nor did he understand his faith. And one of the claims was Catholics are afraid to speak truth. Catholics can never disagree with the Pope was another statement made in the video. Um, like, cause we, cause we can't be good Catholics if we have a dis, if we have a different opinion than, than our, um, the Holy Pontiff out of Rome, right? So yeah. I wanted to have that conversation. And l- okay. I mean, maybe, did you look up the words that the Pope actually said? Yeah. So yeah, I watched the video. So it was a concert for, Vax Live, which was some uh, concert which was put on by Harry and Meghan and the Bidens. Well, they were there and they're supposed to unite the world around this vaccine um, agenda. And and so Paul Francis, he had a video clip there that they played. We saw part of that video um, clip at the um, Crowder's stream. And and I guess the, the, the part that that they went crazy about was where the Pope says we need to forsake individualism. And and come together around this vaccine. And so as sometimes we tend to do, we go to the immediate extreme, right? So I guess from Crowder's perspective, the opposite of individualism is communism, which it isn't. The opposite of individualism is collectivism, Mm. right? (laughs) And and so, you know, kind of a principle that we see in the book of Acts, this this people come around a common good and sharing things, okay? Now we could argue with that, but um, about what's going on, if that's what's really going on with the vaccine, but it's, it's kind of silly that they went to that media extreme. And like you said, and then Crowder goes into this thing, he says, well, I'm not a Catholic, so I don't have to be reverent, and then he starts flipping off the camera, right? So right. Very, um, this idea that just because you aren't a Catholic that you don't have to show reverence to yeah. the Pope, which is very disturbing. Very disturbing. Then, like you said, the, 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 the guy that's supposed to be Catholic there is just dishing out all types of misinformation. <laughs> It yeah. is just, it's just, it's just in its man. And you just want to just hop in that room, right? Just hop in that couch <laughs> and just set these guys straight. But, you know. Well, I find it a lot. Uh, I, you know, obviously I'm a very conservative person, but I find uh, there's so much misinformation when it comes to Catholics and Catholic teaching amongst conservatives. It, you know, the whole Galileo thing comes up probably two, three times a week, uh, you know, on mainstream media, you know, and, and whatnot. And it's like, you guys don't have any clue about what actually happened with Galileo. You've not read one single original source or any opinion that's contrary to the, the myth that you've been told. And you just keep perpetuating this nonsense. I felt like that while watching this, in addition to just being like, you guys have no, uh, no class in this. So let's, let's just say for the sake of the argument, the Pope makes these statements that seem, let's just say communist. Let's just use that. Let's just say, pretend for the sake of the conversation, the Pope the Pope makes statements that seem very communist. As Catholics, are we allowed to disagree with the Pope? Absolutely. Um, we can we can disagree with the Pope when he's not when he's not speaking on issues of faith and morals. Um, when he's not speaking as Catholic, um, so oftentimes the Pope will give an opinion, right? And opinions we're allowed to disagree with. And what we've been working on for a long time as Catholics is trying to figure out how to disagree with a Pope civilly and not calling him names, not jumping to extremes, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's the first thing that, you know, like you said, the gentleman got wrong about we're not allowed to disagree with the Pope. Well, if the Pope is not speaking about faith and morals and dogma, I think there's sometimes there's some things we may disagree with there. But if he is speaking on faith and morals, if he's just repeating things like, well, Jesus was 
crucified, died and buried and raised on the third day. No, we can't disagree with that. That's true. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's obviously the first thing that we need to know. I think too often um, outsiders looking in think that we believe the Pope is darn near the level of Jesus. Uh, And that's just not the case. He simply works for for our our Savior. You know, he's a, he's a he's an employee of the Savior. He is the minister in the court of the King, not the King. And right. it just it boggles the mind how how so often people get this wrong. Um, but I think it beg, I think it brings up a good point because so often there are many Catholics, many many Catholics today who struggle with things that the Pope says. Uh, you know, they, they really don't understand. They scratch their head and they shake their head and they're just, I, I don't understand. Where is this Pope coming from? He seems to espouse things that are really troubling f- uh, for us as Catholics. Um, how do we deal with that, David O'Gray? And that's an important point because we've been dealing with this, I think, since the Pope first got elected. I think the first troubling thing that he said for a lot of people when he was on the he, remember he used to be on the airplane and he'd say some things that have us, as you say, scratch our heads, right? And what the Apostle Paul reminded us is that um, when he was speaking with the Bereans, right? When the Bereans, they would say they would study the scriptures daily. They would research these things. They weren't just trusting what Paul or the others were saying. And so that's the first thing we, that we obviously have to do. We have to, if the Pope says something that, doesn't seem to be in union with the faith, or maybe perhaps that's an opinion. We should study these things and find out what does the church teach? And if the church is actually teaching that, which it may be, right, maybe something we just don't know, then we should, okay, affirm the Pope. But if the Pope has said something that seemed to be clearly an opinion based upon what the church has taught, the dogma of faith, then we say, well, that's that's the Pope's opinion, and we should let people know that, right? And I think Catholics have responsibility, as the man who works for a crowd or who's on his payroll, has responsibility to know their faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that we can give a reasonable defense of the faith, right? Yeah. And it's because we don't know our faith, sometimes we're ignorant of faith, we can't really give a reasonable defense, and then that causes all types of confusion. Mm-hmm. And it has been causing confusion for, what, hundreds of years. I mean, the Catholic Church is probably the most misunderstood and lied about organization in the history of the world. Yeah. The other thing, he, the other point that they were making was how Catholics aren't speaking out. There's not enough Catholics talking out. And I'm like, have you watched any Catholics at all ever on, yeah. like even on just on YouTube alone? I mean, go hang out with some Catholics on Twitter sometime. You know, I mean, the Catholics are speaking out more and more than ever before. Wouldn't you say? Right. Yeah. I didn't know what world that they actually live in. Is that the only place they hang out in that, in that little that little stage? Is that yeah. the only people they know? Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, you I mean, Guadalupe Radio Network. I mean, listen, listen to our shows here or hop on to National Catholic Register or, or Church Militant. I mean, there, there's so many mainstream or uh, shows that have a following. And, yeah. and then you have, like you said, hop on Twitter. I mean, there's so many Catholics giving a reasonable defense for their faith, proclaiming their faith, letting people know this is what we believe and this is why we believe it. You know, I don't. I see a lot of Catholics that are no longer turning a blind eye to the corruption and to the scandals within the church. Mm-hmm. They are calling a spade a spade, not out of, uh, well, in some cases, it's out of anger and frustration and vitriol. There are examples of that. But I think also, I think the time has come for many Catholics to say, this far and no further, um, we, we have an obligation out of a sense of charity 
to love our neighbor, and that means to share truth with them and to uh, try to bring them, admonish them, and bring them back into a state of grace, and to include bishops and priests and lay folk and everybody in between. And we have been, we've been reporting on the news here, uh, and a lot of stories, scandals out of the Vatican. Um, we have not shirk from that responsibility, but I think some Catholics have been just uneasy at the criticisms of, of Pope Francis or his curia. What would you say to a Catholic who is just not comfortable ever criticizing anything? Yeah, you know, the other, on Wednesday on the David O'Grace on Guadalupe Radio Network here, um, we had, remember we had Matthew Hoffman on, and there was a widow who had written a book about some scandals going on in Honduras with um, Mariega. And she wrote a book, Sacred Betrayals. And so Matthew Hoffman translated that book into English from Spanish. And so we, you know, and I thought that was a tough conversation to have on a show. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe Joe McClain is going to call me after this show, right? <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was, so it was, a, it was a tough conversation about the scandals. And, and sometimes, you know, Pope Francis does help his friends um, to his fault. He seems to be a very loyal person. Um, and so he yeah, has a tough conversation to have about what, some of the things that men do in the Catholic church, but they have men have been doing these things in the Catholic church for 2000 years. Yeah. And so when we don't expose these things, when we let these things slide, we don't give them air is that when these things fester and that they become bigger problems, right. And then they make the newspaper in Boston. And so we do have a responsibility to air these things out and talk about them civilly. And then as lay people, and hopefully with the, with the priesthood or the religious that we do, there's some action, some things we can do to clean up God's church. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, praise be to God. We're just about out of time. David L. Gray has been our guest. We've been talking about this uh, Louder with Crowder video. I don't I don't, I don't, don't want to share the video. I don't really want you checking it out, but you can find it. You know how to find it if you want to watch it. You can watch it on YouTube. But David L. Gray, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. God bless you, my brother. Thanks for having me back. God bless you all. 4 p.m. Central across the GRN. Check out the David L. Gray Show or check him out on YouTube as well. David L. Gray. DavidLGray.info. God bless you. God love you. All right. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with one of the foremost experts on the Mexican cartels. It's going to be an excellent segment right after the breaking news stories. All that coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Friday, May 7th, and these are your headlines for today. The Texas House of Representatives on Wednesday approved a heartbeat bill that would ban abortions of babies once their hearts start beating. House Bill 1515, titled the Texas Heartbeat Act, requires abortionists to screen for a preborn baby's heartbeat and prohibits abortion if a heartbeat can be heard. Babies' hearts typically begin to be around six weeks of pregnancy. HB 1515 protects babies conceived through rape or incest and would cover thousands of preborn children killed in Texas each year. House lawmakers approved the Heartbeat Act, which was introduced in the House by Representative Shelby Slauson, 81 votes to 63. The Texas House must approve the bill in a final reading on Thursday before sending it to the governor, who has endorsed it. Lawsuits by pro-abortion groups have prevented the bills from being enforced in the past, though Texas lawmakers have said their legislation is designed to withstand legal challenges. Swedish doctors will no longer prescribe hormones or drugs to halt or delay puberty for children under the age of 16 as part of a gender transitioning procedure. The Karolinska University Hospital, which treats minors with gender dysphoria, announced in March that as of April 1, 2021, they would not be providing puberty-blocking drugs or cross-sex hormones to children under the age of 16. Ryan Anderson, president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, said, quote, Prudent legislation is needed to prevent adults from interfering with a child's normal, natural bodily development. Quote-unquote, gender affirmation procedures violate sound medical ethics. The Swedish hospital statement cited the 2020 case of Bell versus Tavistock, where the High Court for England and Wales found that it was highly unlikely that children under the age of 13 could give fully informed consent to receiving puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. The court added that it was very doubtful that children ages 14 and 15 could give full consent to the procedures either. The risks reported by those who were prescribed Lupron, a prostate cancer drug that is used to delay or halt puberty, includes infertility, osteoporosis, and cardiovascular disease. And Cecilia Maragna, a self-styled security consultant under investigation by the Vatican for embezzlement, has claimed that Cardinal Angelo Becciu asked her to create dossiers of incriminating information on Vatican personnel. In an interview on May 3rd, Maragna alleged that she was asked to create a dossier of confidential information on a person, especially for the purpose of blackmail. Maragna claimed that the request came from Cardinal Becciu, then the number two at the Secretariat of State. When asked if these files were to be compiled also on people inside the Vatican, Maragna responded, Also, yes. Then there was a discussion of the immoral conduct of some prelates. In the program, Maragna was asked if she was part of, in short, a parallel secret service, which she affirmed, adding that it worked in interaction with other parallel international secret services. Maragna has been under investigation by the Vatican since reports emerged last year that she received hundreds of thousands of euros from the Vatican's Secretariat of State in connection with Becciu, and that she had spent the money on luxury goods and vacations. Maragna was arrested in Milan last year on an international warrant issued by the Vatican. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank Glory and Shine, gloryandshine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of our program today. They make personal health care products like uh, lotions and body mists and soap and beard balm, all of it. Catholic family owned, amazing company. 
uh, gloryandshine.com. Thank you very much. Uh, joining us right now via Zoom chat is one of the world's most experts on Mexican cartels and their practices, especially their occult practices, their use of Catholic saints and others in, the, or, in their criminal enterprise. Joining us right now is Robert Almonte. Good morning to you, Mr. Almonte. Good morning, Joe. How, how are you doing today? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. So uh, we're, I'm very honored that you're on our program today. 32-year law enforcement veteran, U.S. Marshal. Uh, we're just a tremendous experience. We're very excited about this. Just a week ago, t- I think it was a week ago today, um, there was a house uh, discovered in the Houston, Texas area with 90 people inside. Um, and I watched the live video feed, and they were interviewing, the, uh, I think, the acting uh, police chief, and he was he was saying they had to keep him in there. They got some people that were COVID positive. They were trying to sort figure out who were the good guys, who were the bad guys. Ninety people in the house. None of the neighbors had ever suspected a thing, and it was the house in the middle of a row of houses. Um, and in the conversation around the border crisis, I, I think there's too little conversation about the actual people. I mean, the migrant wants a better life. I can understand that. But they're paying thousands of dollars to the cartels to get them to America. But they are being uh, put into uh, slave trade. They're being uh, abused, raped, and harmed in many ways, extorted. Who are the cartels and what, what is it that they do? Well, you're absolutely right, Joe. You're, the situation you described in Houston with the human uh, smuggling slash trafficking stash house is is unfortunately not uncommon. Uh, it's been going on for years. We're seeing more of them now uh, because of the uh, the surge on the border, the crisis, and it is a crisis. I don't care what people say. It is a, a crisis. The cartels are taking advantage of that, and the cartels have been involved in human smuggling for some time now, and actually uh, it's, it's less risk for them. It's more profit for them, and they don't see people any different than they see their, their drugs. They're, they're both commodities. And uh, very often they'll get their money up front from the people wanting to be smuggled hundreds, thousands of dollars. And uh, if the people get taken down, like in this case in Houston, cartels already got their money. They, they really don't care. If they're smuggling drugs, the drugs get taken down. Well, the drugs are expensive and lose the value of the money. And very often they don't have the money. They did not receive the money uh, up front. As far as who are the cartels, uh, there are several different cartels uh, right now. However, the two most powerful cartels are going to be the Sinaloa cartel that Chapo Guzman used to run. And now his sons are running it as well as as, uh, Chapo's uh, partner, Ismael Dambada. Uh, And the other cartel, which in my opinion is even more dangerous uh, more brutal than the Sinaloa cartel is the cartel known as the New Generation Cartel. Uh, the letters are CJNG, which stand for the Cartel de Jalisco Nuevo Generacion. It's run by a, a guy by the name of El Mencho, and uh, they are extremely brutal. In my training I do around the country, uh, and I have several sources in Mexico, and they send me videos and pictures of the barbaric things that they're involved in. I'm talking about the, the beheadings, the torturing. It, it's just... Uh, unbelievable. So things are really bad right now. Now, the other thing you mentioned about the stash houses, the human stash houses, those used to be just common along the border, but now they're encountering those uh, stash houses with people, a lot of people uh, in different parts of the of the country. So in essence, the border uh, has moved 
Every American should be extremely concerned with what's going on right now. The Mexican cartel are out of control. And unfortunately, the Mexican government is not doing anything uh, about it. Uh, I spoke with a good friend of mine, actually a, a cousin of mine that lives in Mexico, and we had a conversation yesterday, and he said it's really sad to see his country like that. Mm. Uh, it's, it's cartel land is what, they're, is what they're calling it. So it's incredibly sad, and I feel... I feel very sad. My heart goes out to all the good people of, of Mexico, and most of the people there are good people. Robert Alamante is our guest. He is a former U.S. Marshal, 32-year veteran law enforcement. We're talking about uh, the border crisis and the cartels. we got about two and a half minutes uh, before we have to go to a break. Uh, Robert, how powerful are the cartels in the U.S.? A minute ago, you said all of America ought to be concerned but aren't we just talking about the South and the border states? I mean, how powerful, what is their reach? What is their their capability in the United States? Their capability in the United States is, is their presence in the United States. They have cell groups. They've had cell groups here in the United States for many, many years. I began my, my career with the El Paso Police Department and worked narcotics there for many years. And back in the 80s, uh, we were dealing with uh, cell group Mexican cartel connections out of Chicago, and that's in the 80s. Uh, the difference now is that there's more of them. Every, as I mentioned, every American should be concerned because the cartels are here. Now, the, the, the scary part is that the violence that they're doing in Mexico is occurring here in the United States. Mm. I uh, discussed these uh, beheadings and torturing that have occurred here uh, in the United States, and some of them have been sacrifices to the Santa Muerte, wow. uh, which is basically the god of, of the cartel. I want to talk about that, but I want to do that on the other side of the break where we have a little bit more time. But are you saying that uh, folks in Massachusetts or New York or or uh, Montana, do they have to worry about cartels? Oh, absolutely. I've done this training in New York. I've done this training in the Boston area, uh, all over the country. The cartels are, are everywhere. Wow. And, and they're taking advantage of, of their relatives and associates and friends that are, have already been living here in the United States. They go out there, connect with them. And then they start their drug trade. So, yeah, the cartels are uh, pretty much in every city in the United States. And uh, not just the United States, they're in Canada, they're in uh, Europe, they're all over the world. The Mexican cartels are an international crime ring, you're saying? That's exactly right. No doubt about it. Transnational, international, uh, organized crime group. Wow. Let that sink in for a moment. I mean, we aren't talking about a border crisis here. We're talking about a world-level crisis. This is pretty insane. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought. Robert Almonte is our guest. We're, we're, we're at a break right now. On the other side of the break, though, I'm going to dive into the occult practices uh, and his knowledge of the occults, so their use of Catholic saints and Santa Muerte and more in their criminal enterprise. It's disturbing. It's very disturbing, but we ought to know uh, the truth of the situation. All of that is coming up right after this very short break. Robert Almonte is our guest. Catholic Drive Time is the show, and this break will be over before you know. We'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. I just can't do this. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by the things you're supposed to do? St. Benedict has a word for these situations. He tells us in his rule to wait until we can think it over or talk it over calmly and reasonably. Then we should simply trust in God's help and do the best we can in love. Sometimes when we think we cannot do something, 
We are really afraid of not being able to do it perfectly and thus being embarrassed or disappointing others. All we are responsible for is doing the best we can. We can do no better than that. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. We simply need to calm down, admit that what we will do will not be perfect, but that the best we can do will probably be more than sufficient. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Robert Almonte is our guest, former U.S. Marshal. We're talking about the cartels, the border crisis, and the, uh, the tragedy. I've always felt it was like so tragic to see these people who want to come to America, and I'm going to assume their best intentions in that, um, and they have to pay thousands of dollars to pay these cartels, because it's, it's my... It's my I, my understanding that no coyote is independent. They all work for the cartel. So they run the whole racket, and then they get abused along the way. They get to put into human trafficking and the rest, extorted, raped, and the worst. It's like it's crazy. And we don't hear enough uh, of the preaching uh, at the the pulpit against these cartels and their evil practices. So to just share this information, we've invited Robert Almonte. Welcome back to the program, Mr. Almonte. Thank you. Let's dive into the occult stuff, uh, which is the most disturbing to me. I've heard um, a, a man, the, my first exposure to it really was a man by the name of Ed Calderon, who talked about uh, his experience working for the federalities, federalities, and he would describe the occult practices, and I, I was blown away. I did not know that there was like a, like a, their own version of Catholicism going on here. Can you, can you describe it to us? Yes, exactly right. And, and I got to tell you, uh, I've, I've gone into Mexico several uh, times to conduct research, and I've, I've visited several uh, temples to uh, Santa Muerte. Santa Muerte, uh, for your listeners, is a uh, grim uh, reaper-looking thing. Looks like the angel of death, but they pray to her as a god. They consider her the angel of death. Uh, they tie her to Catholicism, which, of course, is absolutely uh, wrong. But what struck me, Joel, was when I went to a procession in Tepito. Tepito is a neighborhood in Mexico City, a very violent neighborhood. And uh, there's a temple or a shrine there run by a lady by the name of Doña Queta Romero. And I know her. I've gone there four or five times. And what struck me when I was at this procession, there were thousands of people there basically worshiping a skeleton. Mm. And then uh, at the end of this procession, they got together and they were praying the rosary to wow. Santa Morte which wow. was, was really, really disturbing. And that's not only occurring in Mexico, that's occurring here in the United States. I've attended prayer sessions here for Santa Muerte in different parts of the United States where they're praying the rosary uh, to Santa Muerte. So the, as far as the cartels, they're praying to her for protection. Here's the scary thing. These cartels that are beheading people, torturing, killing people, hundreds of people. I interviewed a, a, a cartel member, a hitman, 
that uh, admitted in open court that he, he was responsible for killing over 800 people wow. uh, himself. So these people that do these kind of things and then also pray to Santa Muerte, they still believe they're going to heaven. Now think about that. The reason they believe they're going to heaven is simply because they uh, pray to Santa Muerte, they worship her. Anything bad that they've done in their life, their life does not matter. When they die, she's going to take them to heaven. So they're not afraid to die. Do they not know their own history? Do they not know the story of Our Lady Guadalupe and why she came to Mexico to save them? Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, if they do, it, it certainly doesn't show. And I got to tell you, I, I spend a lot of time doing this research and I go to some dark places and I consider the places I described to you as dark places. The several times I've been to Mexico, each time after I go visit the Santa Muerte temples and shrines, I have to go to the Basilica mm-hmm. of the Virgin of Guadalupe. And I got to tell you, it's a completely different feeling, peaceful feeling. And uh, so I go to some dark places, but I uh, I also try to you know stay in the light as much as possible. I, this past uh, a year, I, I reread the account of uh, Hernan Cortez and his conquest of Mexico City, and, li- and Bernal Diaz was his uh, he's the guy who kept the journal, who was with him, and to look at the description of the human sacrificing going on in the Aztec temple to include cannibalism. Uh, on a scale of hun- literally hundreds of thousands of human persons, it seems like Mexico is slipping back to this type of uh, devil worship. Do you see it that way? Oh, yeah, no, a- absolutely. Uh, and actually, uh, my belief is that Santa Muerte goes back to the pre-Christian belief of their Aztec god of death. And 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 here's the other thing, uh, Joe, I showed some uh, really graphic video to my law enforcement uh, audience. Now, when I'm giving presentations to non-law enforcement officers, I tone it down quite a bit. But here's the thing, is that these cartels, I have videos of them cutting out people's hearts and and eating their hearts. Wow. Ooh, that's exactly what the Aztecs were doing. <clears throat> wow. That's exactly right. That's what's going on right now, and I, ha- I have videos showing that. So, Mr. Alamante, uh, how, what about the bishops and priests that live in these areas? Uh, what can they do to combat this? I feel like this is right up the alley of our bishops and our priests, especially the ones in Mexico and on the border and in the U.S. What what can they do and what aren't they doing? Well, they're, they're, they're being vocal, as vocal as they can be. Unfortunately, uh, uh, several Catholic priests have been targeted by the cartel, <clears throat> excuse me, by organized crime. Several Catholic priests have been uh, abducted, tortured, and, and some even murdered uh, because of them speaking out against the cartels, against organized crime. Uh, so they're speaking out. I got to tell you, one of the patron saints I talk about is Santo Nino de Atocha, who's the patron saint of prisoners and travelers. Uh, and, and I got to tell you that uh, the cartel that are involved in stealing gas, they illegally tap these gas lines. Uh, they adopted Nino de Atocha as their patron saint, and they got Nino de Atocha dressed up in a gas station attendant uniform, <laughs> holding a gas can and a, and a hose. And the bishop in Mexico came out speaking against that, said, you're turning our, our Christ into a into a thief, and, and came out and said, additionally, that this is worse than Santa Muerte, because at least with Santa Muerte, you know what you got. But you're, we're seeing a perversion of the Catholic saints as well. So they are coming out. And speaking, I got to give you an example. I went to a church called Mercy Church in Tepito, and there's a, a real Catholic church a couple of blocks away. The, the priest, the real Catholic priest, 
went to that Santa Muerte church and began telling people not to worship Santa Muerte. One of the uh, persons there told the priest, you're just jealous, priest, Father, because our church has more saints than yours. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's that, disturbing. This is shocking. Uh, yeah, so I, I was not aware of this. I felt like um, that there are so many in Mexico that the criminals there still believed in the faith and still like kind of like the Italian mob where they uh, still believed in the faith, but they were just evil people. It seems like this is not the case in Mexico. It seems like it's it's like you were saying pre-Christian in the in that way that it's a it's a pagan religion with the veneer of Catholicism. What happened? Uh, how did they end up abandoning the Catholic faith so entirely? Well, I, I have to tell you, uh, you're right. In, in our opinion, my opinion, yeah, they've abandoned their Catholic faith, but in their mind, they have not. Mm. See, uh, those that identify themselves as Catholic, they still pray to Jesus Christ. They pray to the Virgin of Guadalupe, Virgin Mary, and all the Catholic saints. So they don't see anything wrong because they're not, in their mind, they're not abandoning their uh, Catholic faith. They're just adding to it. So very often, law enforcement officers here will encounter these shrines, these altars that not only have uh, statues and, and prayer candles of Santa Muerte, but you'll see the Catholic saints there. And the most popular one used, or I should say misused by the cartel, is going to be St. Jude, who's the mm-hmm. patron saint of lost causes. Now, we see, we live in the Houston, Texas area. Uh, that's where our studio is. And I see St. Jude on every pickup truck that drives down this highway all the time. Um, what should I think about that? Are those folks, are they caught up in the Santa Muerte? Do they, I mean, are they just ever normal Catholics with a devotion to St. Jude? Should that be a red flag? Okay, well, most of, of, of what you're saying, or what you've seen, is, is, is in my opinion, probably going to be legitimate. Now, I train the officers that, yeah, St. Jude is, is, is the most popular Catholic thing being misused by the cartel. However, I also train all the officers that none of these things, including St. Jude or even Santa Muerte, are probable cause for search or arrest. They're meant to be red flags to enhance the officer's safety and also possible indicators, depending on the situation, case-by-case decision. If the officers have more reason to investigate or they see the driver extremely nervous and and doesn't know who the car belongs to, and then you have St. Jude there, then that gives the officer something to follow up with. Robert Almonte is our guest. We have just a few minutes left with him in our conversation. We're going to have to have him back, though. This is such a big topic. Uh, but one of, uh, one of our listeners uh, has asked a question, and they want to know if what the differences are between Santa Muerte and the practice of the Day of the Dead uh, within uh, Mexico. There seems to be a uh, sort of a, an affinity for the Day of the Dead there. Um, it, are there differences between these two, or are they been all meshed up into one big, you know, ugly clump? No, there, there, there's definitely a difference between uh, the two. Unfortunately, many of the Santa Muerte believers and worshippers are mixing Santa Muerte with day, the Day of the Dead. And, of course, everybody knows you have uh, uh, All Saints Day on November 2nd and also Day on November the 2nd. So you have these uh, the, the Mexican-Mexican-Americans that set up these altars uh, in remembrance and memory and honor of the deceased loved one. We're seeing more and more of that here in the United States because uh, we have more Mexican, Mexican-Americans here. Uh, and you have some people in Mexico where when I first started doing the research on Santa Muerte in Mexico 2004, uh, I was there for Day of the Dead and there was no connection. Well, now, in my opinion, a lot of these people involved in Santa Muerte that run these temples, they're using Day of the Dead as a marketing tool 
promotion, promoting Fanta Muerte there. So it, the short answer is that there should be no connection. Do, uh, the average Catholic, the average Mexican citizen, not people involved in cartels, have they been really caught up into all of this? They don't see much difference or they just don't pay attention? Or how do you explain that? It's hard to explain, and I get asked that question very often because there are a lot of people, not only in Mexico, but here in the United States that pray to Santa Muerte, even worship Santa Muerte, that are not involved in any criminal act- activity uh, whatsoever. And, and they identify themselves as Catholic, but I don't think, uh, in my opinion, they're not practicing Catholic. I see. They're not attending Catholic Mass and, and, and holding their Santa Muerte statue. They identify themselves as Catholic, but they're not really practicing Catholic. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Well, we've got something to pray for now. we got more information to pray fast and do penance for, for the conversion and reversion of all those caught up in all of this insanity. Robert Alamante, thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you for having me here. God bless all of you. All right, we'll have to have you back. Robert Almonte, former U.S. Marshal. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in hour number two, I promise it'll be less intense. It'll be more fun. We'll have a, we'll have the game show. Today's the day we pull the prize. So join us if you can. You can hang out with us at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If not, we'll see you back here on Monday. God bless you and God love you. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend of mine said that his church takes the Bible literally, but that the Catholic Church doesn't. Is that true? Catholics actually interpret the Bible in a literal sense, while many fundamentalists, evangelicals, and others interpret the Bible in a literalist sense. The literal meaning of a passage of Scripture is the meaning the author of that passage of Scripture intended to convey. The literalist interpretation of a passage of Scripture is, that's what it says, that's what it means. Here's an example to illustrate the difference. If you were to read a passage in a book that said it was raining cats and dogs outside, how would you interpret that? As Americans in the 21st century, we know that the author was intending to convey the idea that it was raining pretty doggone hard outside. That would be the literal or Catholic interpretation. The literalist interpretation would be that were you to walk outside, you would actually see cats and dogs falling from the sky like rain. No taking into account the popularly accepted meaning of this phrase. No taking into account what the author was intending to convey. The words say it was raining cats and dogs, so by golly, it was raining cats and dogs. That is the literalist or fundamentalist way of interpretation. Now, if someone 2,000 years in the future picked up that same book and read it was raining cats and dogs outside, in order to properly understand that passage in the book, they would need a literal interpretation, not a literalist interpretation. Now, think about that in the context of interpreting the Bible 2,000 to 3,000 years after it was written. We need a literal or Catholic interpretation versus literalist or fundamentalist interpretation. 
a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is good to be with you. Praise be to God. Uh, we made it. It's Friday. The weekend is here, praise be to God. We just wrapped up a very, uh, let's say, intense conversation. It was so good, but intense and difficult about the reality of the cartels in the border crisis and their occult worship and practice. Wow, eye-opening. Let's just say eye-opening. We'll be posting that conversation later today. It was with Robert Almonte. We'll be posting that conversation on our YouTube and Facebook and other social media platforms. But don't forget, there's always the podcast of our show, which you can pick up on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, as well as our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Great place to get the podcast as well. And watch the show live. It's there. It's posted. So check it out. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning. I think it's so good to remember and to remind ourselves that spiritual warfare is real and the devil hates us and is constantly trying to destroy us, which is why it's so important to remain in a state of grace. Go to confession as often as you can. Receive the sacraments as often as you can. This is a matter of life and death. It is the answer to any issue in the world, right? Grace, yeah. You know, it's like uh, church scandals, uh, societal, you know, crazy uh, the occult, the answer is always, well, I can live in a state of grace. I can offer sacrifices and sufferings, uh, but living in a state of grace is the answer to, like, almost anything. Yeah, and always trying to grow in holiness. Yeah, praise yeah. be to God. So there's always something we can do, um, no matter what is in the headline news. But this hour, we're going to do good news. Okay, so it's going to be a little easier this hour, a little less intense, a little more fun and upbeat. Praise be to God for that. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonsec is here on the ones and twos. Speaking of upbeat, uh, this weekend, I'm going to go visit my sister in San Antonio. Uh, she's graduating with her master's degree. So pray for my sister. So uh, happy news, happy news. Uh, and I'll be in San Antonio. So if, uh, if y'all are listening from San Antonio, uh, come find me and say hi. All good right. Luck. Praise be to God. <laughs> so uh, big plans for Adrian. I'm going to go uh, camping with my kids this weekend. And uh, Emily, what are you doing again? I'm studying. Studying. Mm-hmm. College. Well, that's fun. That's very fun. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we're going to do our Fear and Trembling Game Show. And today is the day. It's Friday, which means the last three chances to get in on the prize is going to be coming up. So if you want to have your chance... Rough to Rustic is our sponsor this week. Again, praise be to God. Then you need to call early. And I've always given out this tip. So if you want to call early, the phone number is on our website. 
as well as the rules and everything else. So you could you could sit on hold if that's what you want. Praise God, it's your choice. Otherwise, when I do give out the phone number, you got to be the first caller, and then uh, we'll play the game. It'll be a lot of fun. And then in the second half of this hour, we're going to do the after show, and you get to drive that conversation. Whatever is on your mind, we're going to talk to you, hang out with you, and you get to drive the conversation. That'll happen on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And we like to... Uh, you know, chat about uh, whatever, whatever is fun. We, we've been talking about movies a lot lately. Yesterday we got into musicals somehow. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun, the after show. That, that's happening in this hour as well. So, so much to get into. Let's do this. Let's pray for your intentions. Of course, we're going to pray for the conversion of all cartel members. We're going to pray for um, reversion of those that have left the faith, conversion of all sinners around the world. For those that are uh, obviously facing their death today, we're going to pray for them. Um, for God's mercy in their life and for their repose. I'm going to pray for peace in our country. And let's pray for the intentions that we have in our hearts as well as here on the team. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Emily Alcres. Members of the public will finally be able to attend Pope Francis' general audience next week after a six-month absence due to the coronavirus. The prefecture of the papal household announced on May 6th that the Pope's general audience next Wednesday will take place in the San Damaso courtyard of the Apostolic Palace. Pilgrims will be required to observe safety measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19. The courtyard has a capacity of around 500 or so socially distanced and masked participants. General audiences are usually held in either St. Peter's Square or the Paul VI Audience Hall. But when the pandemic first struck Italy in March 2020, the Pope transferred his general audience to the library of the Apostolic Palace, where they took place without public access. The very first live stream general audience from the library occurred on March 11th of 2020. 34 new Swiss guards were sworn in on Thursday in an elaborate ceremony in Vatican City in which the guards promised to protect the Pope, even sacrificing, if necessary, their own lives. One of the new Swiss guards, Gian-Andrea Bossi, a 20-year-old from Davos, Switzerland, said, quote, It is a great honor for me, for all of us. I've always wanted to serve God in a way, and I wanted to serve the Catholic Church. The swearing-in ceremony for one of the world's oldest standing armies took place on the 494th anniversary of the Sack of Rome, the battle on May 6, 1527, in which 147 Swiss guards lost their lives defending Pope Clement VII for mutinous troops of the Holy Roman Empire. As part of the schedule this year, the family members of the new guards prayed vespers in the church of Santa Maria de la Pieta in the Vatican's Teutonic College. Later, the deposition of the crown ceremony took place in commemoration of the guards who died during the sack of Rome. Vatican Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Perolin also offered mass with the Swiss guards in St. Peter's Basilica in the morning ahead of the swearing-in ceremony. And Pope Francis sent a video message to Argentina on Thursday, ahead of the feast of Our Lady of Lujan. The Holy Father said, quote, I wish to be close to you. When all you bishops will gather to pray the rosary for the health of the Argentine people, I will accompany you from here. Our Lady of Lujan is the patron saint of Argentina. 
Since 1630, the 14-inch terracotta statue of Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception has been venerated by the Argentine people. When Pope Francis served as the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, he used to make frequent pilgrimages to the Basilica of Our Lady of Luján, where he would also hear confessions. Many miracles have been attributed to Our Lady of Luján's intercession. Pope Leo XIII honored the statue in 1886 with a papal coronation, and Pope Pius XI declared Our Lady of Luján patroness of Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay in 1930. On the May 8th feast day, the Basilica of Our Lady of Luján will lead Pope Francis' Rosary Prayer Marathon, which is taking place this month. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to God in all things. St. Agostino Rosselli, pray for us. St. Agostino was born on the 27th of July, 1818, in Italy. Born to a poor farming family, young Agostino spent his youth as a mountain shepherd, using his solitary time for prayer. During a parish mission in May of 1835, though, he realized that he had a call to the priesthood, and he attacked this call through prayer. And his prayers were answered because many financial aid came to his assistance and allowed him to go to study in Genoa. And eventually he would be ordained on the 19th of September, 1846. He became a priest at St. Martin in 1846 and then the Church of the Consolation in Genoa in 1854, chaplain of the Provincial Orphanage in 74, a post he held for 22 years, but it was his prison work as chaplain, working especially with the prisoners on death row that were near to his heart. He established a residential school to train young women who were in danger of starvation or falling into prostitution because they had no support. On the 15th of October, 1876, he founded the Institute of Sisters of the Immaculata to run this and other residential centers that he established. He died on the 7th of May, 1902 in Genoa. He was canonized June 10th, 2001 by Pope St. John Paul II. St. Agostino Rosselli, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. Jesus said to his disciples, This is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves, because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This command, this I command, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I, you know, there was some, I said some things last hour that I think were pretty profound from Augustine and St. Gregory the Great. Yes, they're amazing. But just on a personal note, I've always had a pet peeve about, you know, Jesus gave us only one command, and that was to love one another. Like, that's not true, though. Like, that's just not true. He said, go and make disciples. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He said a lot of things that he commanded his apostles to do. This wasn't the only one. I don't know why people always think that this is the only thing he said. It's just not true. This, this I command you, love one another. And as St. Gregory pointed out in the last hour, what does it mean to love? It means to die to self. It means to join Christ on the cross next to him. 
If you obey God's commands, if you love God with your whole heart, your whole mind, and your whole soul, your whole body, as Augustine points out, well, then you will also love your neighbor because God commanded this. Praise be to God. What did you find, Adrian? Yes. So uh, this will sound contradictory to what Joe just said, but it's not. Uh, the So Augustine said, uh, to love God and do what thou wilt is a famous quote from St. Augustine. And it sounds like he's saying, well, if, as long as you love God, you can do whatever you want. That's not what St. Augustine means by that. He says, love God and do what thou wilt. But what does it mean to love God? Well, our Lord tells us that if you do, if you love God, if you'll have God as your friend, well, how, what must you do? You must keep his commandments. I talked about this yesterday as well. And Augustine goes on to talk about, he says that they who love one another, for the sake of having God within them, they truly love one another. Because Augustine's making the point that our Lord doesn't just say, you just you have to like everyone. You have to be nice to people. Uh, as we were talking about uh, the, the musical the other day about um, Into the Woods. And in the, the witch says, you're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice. And that really resonated with me because that's, that's what's true today. People think that to love someone is to just be nice. You don't have to, be a, you don't have to actually do the good. You don't actually have to love in the way that Christ loved. You just need to be nice to people. And that's not at all what our Lord means. And that's not at all what St. Gregory means or St. Augustine means when they use the word love. When they use the word love, they're referring back to what our Lord meant when he said, you must love as I have loved. And how did God love? He willed the greatest good for them, which Augustine says is to have God within them. And do you have God within you when you're in a mortal sin? No. When you are, when you are in a state of mortal sin, God fleeth from your soul. The Holy Ghost flees from your soul. You do not have God within you. We were driving, Emily and I were driving in this morning and we saw a wreck on the side of the road, a massive accident. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh my goodness, that's really convicting for me to go to confession because we could die at any moment. Are we loving the way God loved? Do we have God dwelling within us? Are we, can we say that Christ is our friend? Can we say that the father is our friend? Can we say that? Because the only way we can say that is if we keep his commands, all of his commands, not just the be nice to people because Jesus never said be nice to people. No, you must keep all of his commands if we want to be saved, if we want to call Christ our friend, and if we want to love as Christ loved. Amen. Praise be to God. St. Gregory said, but whoso in time of tranquility will not give up his time to God, how in persecution will he give up his soul? Let the virtue of love then, that it may be victorious in tribulation, be nourished in tranquility by deeds of mercy, especially to your enemies. Amen. All right. Praise be to God. After this very short break, we're playing Fear and Trembling. Call now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. 
Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's dis- Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, uh, keeping you informed and inspired. And fear and trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do us a favor and don't tell anybody this, okay? So keep this right between us. But there's a few things we like to do here in our hidden agenda. One is teach the faith. And so you always learn something you probably did not know before. And then we like to have a little laugh, and our contestants always tend to be like a good sports, and we have a fun time. And then, of course, we give out prizes. And today's the day where the prize is actually pulled and given away, and it's kind of a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker, if you're just joining us. We don't ask the caller the question. So the caller does not even technically need to know the answers to these in order to win. Because I ask Emily, I ask Adrian, one of them will be right and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is RoughToRustic.com. Rough2, that's the number two, Rustic.com, is a Catholic woodworking shop run by Michelle. And she's giving away a wooden decor set of two miraculous metal. It's a front piece and a back piece. These are really lovely handmade wooden decor pieces. So thank you, Rough to Rustic, for sponsoring our prize this week. That is super cool. A uh, Benedict medal, that comes with, uh, if you get the... Uh, the extraordinary form blessing upon those, they have powerful uh, spiritual uh, capability in your home. Highly recommend it. All right, let's go to the phones. There's several calls this morning. Praise be to God. Thank you all. If you don't get on, try Monday, Tuesday, new prize next week, new opportunity. But uh, let's see here. We go to the phones and we talk to Grace. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Grace. Uh, thanks for being on our show. Where are you calling from? Aubrey, Texas. Aubrey, Texas. Now, Grace, you've played before, right? 
Yes. Oh, wow. So you are a veteran at this. Now, are you headed off to school again? Yeah. Where school? Remind me where school is. Um, Mary Immaculate Catholic Church. Mary Immaculate Catholic Church. And has school been going pretty well for you? Yes. Are you ready for the summer break, though? Mm-hmm. You guys got any big plans? I mean, what are we talking about here? You're going to go to Hawaii or Montana, Australia, possibly. Where's your summer vacation going to be? Um, we're gonna. Me and my mom are gonna go to Africa. Whoa! Did you just say Africa? You're going to Africa? Wow! Yes. That's awesome. Praise be to God. That's gonna be fun. You're gonna remember yeah. that forever. I'm jealous. Can I come with you? Do you need an extra person? Yeah. <laughs> now I eat a lot, so you're gonna. Anyway, that's a different story. All right, let's play the game. Uh, Grace, you're a veteran. You know the deal. You know tricky how tricky uh, Adrian and Emily could be. What are you giving me that high sign for, Adrian? Um, I don't know what the questions are. Oh, you don't know what the questions are. Oh, I see. <laughs> All right, uh, let me just uh, let me stall for time just for a minute here. You know the deal. You know how tricky Emily and Adrian are. So uh, you know how things can go here, and it's going to be really yes. spicy since they're only now seeing the questions for the first time. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. But uh, okay. are you ready to go, Grace? Yes. <laughs> Emily, we will start with you, as is our custom. Yep. Are, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you really sure? Of course. Okay. Emily, can you tell me what... Is the queen of virtues. Queen of virtues. I'm going to go with cleanliness. Don't they say cleanliness is next to godliness? Do they say that? Somebody said that. Who's they? So you said cleanliness. Uh, Remy the rat. <laughs> Re- Remy. Ratatouille? Are we talking ratatouille here? Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, Adrian, we're going to go with you. Adrian, can you tell me what is the queen of virtues? Well, the uh, the queen of virtues, that would be prudence, because it guides the other virtues. Interesting. Okay. So, Adrian is on the hook for prudence, because it guides the other virtues, and Emily is on the hook for cleanliness, because of a animated rat on a t- movie so many years ago. Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Grace, what say you? Emily? Survey says... I'm oh, so no, guys. I'm so sorry. Ah, uh, in fact, it is prudence is the correct answer because it guides the other virtues. It's the queen of virtues. That was a hard one, Grace. Ah, uh, see, I, you got to be careful. Emily can be tricky. For some reason, her fan club thinks she's solid every time. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Okay, but there's still two more chances, Grace, so don't fret. I think we're going to get this. Adrian, we're going to go with you this time. Adrian, can you tell me what edict, what edict officially made Christianity one of the recognized religions in the Roman Empire? Uh, let's see. What edict? I'm, I'm going to go with the Edict of Milan. The Edict of Milan. Yes. History is my favorite subject. Sounds reasonable. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me what edict officially made Christianity one of the recognized religions in the Roman Empire. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure about this one. I'm going to go with um, the Garden of Edict in the year 313. 
that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Emily is on the hook for the Garden of Edict. And <laughs> Adrian is on the hook for the Edict of Milan. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Grace, what say you? Adrian. Survey says... Duh! Yes. Good job! Yes! <laughs> the Garden of Edict. That was amazing. <laughs> I got the year right, though. It's 313. 313. It has me dead today. <laughs> the, you knew that, Grace, right? Like You could smell that. Talking about smelling a rat. You could, you could smell that one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Edict of Milan, in fact, 313. Thank you, Constantine, for, for generously bringing us out of the catacombs. We are very grateful to you. All right. Third question. So you're already in the coffee cup there, Grace. Praise be to God. But you get another opportunity here. Let's see if we can increase your chances of winning today. Uh, third question. Uh, Emily, back to you. Okie dokie. How does a good Catholic help get souls out of purgatory? Oh, there's lots of things you could do. Uh, you can get indulgences for those souls by praying and doing other good works for them. Ooh, okay, okay. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, how does a good Catholic help get souls out of purgatory? Yes, so purgatory is below heaven, and heaven is above purgatory. So you get them a really long ladder. And it's, and it's often referred to as the ladder of ascent. Wow. Wow. Diving deep today. Okay. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Very I, beautiful image. I can tell. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for get a ladder. And Emily is on the hook for by earning indulgences through prayer, fasting, penance, and other good works. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's obvious? Grace, what say you? Emily's right. Survey says. Yes. Congratulations. You know, I've noticed that nobody wants to actually say the words Adrian is right. I wonder why. I wonder, wonder why. Ouch. 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 Good job, Grace. Well two done, out of three. You got two you got two entries into the coffee cup of divine providence. How do you feel, Grace? Thank you. I feel great. Praise be to God. You ought to. Uh, it is Friday. It's a good day. We're going to have a good weekend. I think it's, is it Mother's Day weekend this weekend? It oh, is. yeah. So yeah. Um, awkward. Grace, are you going to do anything for your mother this weekend? Yes. We might go to a restaurant and we got something for her. Nice. Ooh, a surprise. Praise be to God. I would say t I would say tell us, but I think she might be with you. Yes, yeah. I, th I think mom likes uh, Belgian chocolates. I'm just going to give that pro-level tip to you. Uh, pick them up. Pick up the really expensive ones. They're nice. All right. Okay. Miss Emily is shaking up the uh, divine cup of providence there, and she is going to pull a name. I saw Grace. I'm going to keep you on. You may or may not be the winner. Let's pray what God's will be done here. She has a name. Okay. This week's prize winner is Jamie. Jamie! Congratulations, Congratulations Jamie. Jamie! Grace, I'm so sorry, but you didn't win. But you had a good it's fun okay. time. Yeah. God love you, Grace. See you next time. Yeah, we'll yes. see you next time. Enjoy uh, Mother's Day with your, week, with your mom, okay? Thank you. God bless you, Grace. Have a great day. You too.
Well, Jamie, congratulations to you. Uh, you'll, we'll get you in touch. Emily, we'll get you in touch with the uh, Rough to Rustic. And thank you again, Rough to Rustic, for generously sponsoring our, our game show. It's always a lot of fun. And uh, i got to get a, get a, my own Benedict medal from them. It's not a medal, I guess. Benedict wooden carving. It would look beautiful at the house. All right, that is going to do it for the radio side of the program. Praise be to God. We are going to... Uh, Go off the air, the radio side, here in just a moment, and the Holy Mass will begin. If you're going to attend Holy Mass today or listen to Holy Mass, please do us a favor. Keep us in your intentions. We'd be very grateful to you. If you can hang out with us, though, in the after show on one of our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, but you can also do it right on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Go right there. You can watch it live. You can even comment there. Not Nobody has, really. I think one person, Sue, I think commented the other day, but it's possible. And I'll keep an eye out there if you want. But Facebook, YouTube are great places as well. Again, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday for a whole new round of Catholic Drive Time. We're going to have a great lineup. It's going to be wonderful. And I hopefully, hopefully and prayerfully, you'll be able to join us for at least all or part of it. But until then, may God richly bless you. May you have a great weekend with your family. And uh, just peace and rest, right? I think we all kind of need that. I know I do. And we'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Praise be to God for our guest. Do us a favor. Go later and uh, check out the video with Robert Almonte and share it with your friends and your family to help educate them. It's the real deal in the border crisis. It's a spiritual combat more than it is anything else. We must be equipped with knowledge and then prayer, fasting, and penance. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you in the after show or Monday morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual about our conversation. And uh, we let our hair down, and some of us have more hair than others. And it's whatever you want to talk about. So you get to drive this conversation by commenting uh, wherever you are commenting right now, Facebook or YouTube in particular. And there's a few places on Facebook where you can comment, but I'm also going to pull up the homepage just in case there's anybody over there uh, CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That is now a possibility. Praise be to God. So um, what's on your mind? I want to know. Let us know. Well, let's start chatting here. I want to thank some folks for hanging out with us today. And I think we have some first-time commenters. So it looks like Justina Burrier is really just Sienna. Is that, is, is that our understanding of things? Um, I have no idea. Because she's like Emily's number one fan. And praise be to God for that. Uh, let's see. Mike K., is Mike K a brand new commenter? No. On YouTube? No? He's been here before? I think so. Mike, if you are a first-time commenter, let us know. I think I re- recognized your profile picture before, but let me know if I'm wrong. Angelo, good morning to you, my brother. God bless you. Low79FX, it's good to see you again. Samuel. That's Samuel. 
Praise be to God, Samuel. Pocahontas, good to see you again. Josh, nice to see you get up, getting up this early. Praise be to God. Kathy, our friend from Danvers, good to see you. Praise be to God. Uh, Eric and uh, Jay. Jay's a first-time commenter, is he? Jay Kumar? I think so. Jay Kumar. Uh, over on uh, YouTube. On YouTube. Um, Eric Rodriguez and Valentin, praise be to God. Thank you for hanging out with us yes, today. Yes, Jay is in first-time commenter. Jay, let's uh, let's recognize you, my friend. Thank you for commenting. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, uh, Jay, for being a first-time commenter. We like to recognize our first-time commenters. Jay, we'll address your question in a little bit whenever uh, we finish saying hi to people. Uh, we will come back to your question. He had a question on yoga, and I think it's a very, very fascinating uh, question. So we'll come back to that. So if Alleluia is the first time commenter recognition with the horns of judgment, the horns would be when someone of leaves the apocalypse. When someone comments for a second time, no, when people never come back. Are you sure? It's it's a morning, I, morning. I don't know, my friend. Morning sound. It's epic. Epic. What's really epic is it goes right along with the gospel of today. It does Yes. Yes, This was the whole point of the gospel today was that Jesus is a friend of mine and how we can be it. And see, it's telling him. He's telling him, how do you be a friend? The theology is so deep here. So deep. So deep. So beautiful. Okay, um, that's 10 out of 10. I'm just 10 out of 10. We're getting lots of prayer requests this morning. So An- Angelo has just asked us to pray for their CCD kids. He and his wife catechize them. So yes, absolutely. We will take them to prayer. Always we keep your intentions in prayer. And earlier, um, Jay had asked us to pray for his family and for India. Yes, definitely, Jay. Amen. Uh, Mike says, powerful show. Thank you so much. The concept of loving your neighbor is tough. If you think about it, the ultimate way you can love them is teaching them about salvation. I have to work on this a lot. You and me both, brother. Preach it. Uh, David L. from New Hampshire. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to see you back, my friend. Uh, Chris Ruiz. Buenos dias, CDT. It's a blessed day to have a blessed day. Amen. Praise be to God. Is Chris Ruiz a brand new commenter? Uh, maybe. Mm. Yes. I'm just going to say yes. Yeah. I'm not, not sure Thank you for commenting, my friend. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you for commenting, Chris. Uh, Mike said, I'll take the horns. And he said, not the Catholic version of the Rick Roll. (laughs) (laughs) Over on Facebook, I see Josh Knoll this morning. Praise be to God. Lori and Gloria and Joaquin and Don and Jesus Robles. I also see Buddy, praise be to God, Christopher Chance, of course, our friend, hashtag king of the world, and uh, let's see, who else is, I got to scroll way up, Ubi D. Rice? That is uh, Sean's wife. Hey now. She, there. so I'm going to San Antonio this weekend, and, and they're, they're in San Antonio, and they're coming to Houston, <laughs> so we're going to pass each other. Well, you can stop at Bucky's and hang out with each other for we a should. minute. We should, we should. Luz, good morning to you, Luz. It's good to hang out with you. Now, you posted a uh, a pretty powerful comment on, yes. on, on Facebook side. Luz says, I remember as a teenager, one time going over to my friend's house, and her mom had a big statue of, of Santa Muerte. It honestly gave me the chills when I saw it. My friend's parents ended up getting divorced, and when my friend got married, she also got divorced. The devil destroys families if you let him. Um, that 
That is what he wants. I honestly believe that many Mexican people are getting trained into the occult because there is honestly many ignorance in our culture. Yea, this Santa Muerte is now here. In in the U.S., my friend, and it had, and it, and, oh, good grief. In the U.S., my friend had it, and I have also heard of many others who have it. Sorry, I, I just don't know how to read, Luz. That's my bad. Um, but that's a powerful comment. Yeah. Very powerful. Patty is no longer on with us, but she is always hanging out with us in the first hour. God love you, Patty. Thank you for doing it. Um, Bruce Toman, good morning to you. Bruce Toman. Jonah, uh, Jonah, uh, Jeff's son, said, uh, Adrian, I'm sure that the souls in purgatory can't climb a ladder. Uh, that's how I imagine him saying it. Yeah. But no, yeah, the <laughs> I was thinking of the ladder of ascent, which is what a lot of the uh, fathers of the church, the desert fathers, would talk about of the way to get to heaven. It's a ladder of ascent. And each rung in the ladder is symbolic of the spiritual life. And so you climb the ladder of ascent. And if you re- when you reach the top, you have made it into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so it's very interesting. Uh, you can totally uh, check that out. Very interesting. Of course, the souls in purgatory are not going to climb the ladder. It was just an allusion uh, to something else. Uh, but I was totally buying uh, Garden of Edict. I was like, That's that was beautiful. got to be the right answer. That was beautiful. <laughs> she got the year right, though. Yeah, praise be to God. The so, Garden That was Edict. excellent. That was funny. All right, uh, let's see what else here. Please pray for my MIL who had surgery yesterday. Thank you. We'll be praying. I'm not. What does MIL stand for? Maybe I'm just mother-in-law. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Cat not. Where's my dub button? Duh. I should have known. I should have known. But I haven't even finished my coffee yet this morning, so it's a miracle. I'm still talking. Here we go. Uh, should so I have a friend who might know about the um, Hara Krishnas, which is the uh, which our friend Jay commented. I'm gonna read his comment. He said. I am Catholic from India. What do you think about Hare Krishna movement, which teaches yoga in some concept of new age? Uh, please pray for my family and India. Absolutely. We'll keep your family in India uh, in our prayers. Uh, yes. The, well, from what I understand, uh, talking about yoga specifically is easier for me, but talking about Hare Krishna, I, I'm not super familiar with it, but I know it's a mystical sect of Hinduism. And so, uh, yes, that would be a false religion just right off the bat. And the second thing about it is the fact that St. Paul says that the, the gods of the, uh, of the pagans, which the people who are of the Hindu religion would be considered pagans, the god, the gods of the pagans are demons. And so in reality, they're worshiping the devil, uh, whether they know it or not, whether the devil appears to be doing good. Uh, they are worshiping the devil. So in that sense, it is evil. And in terms of the yoga and the concepts of the new age, well, the new age movement in America, uh, I can't speak about in India. Maybe I'll have to have my friend Harsha call in and tell us what he knows about it because he's uh, a convert from Hinduism and he uh, and his family's in India as well. And he, uh, so I, w- I would say that uh, that off the bat. So, but the new age in America, that's very important because what the, what's happening in America is there was an abandonment of religion. There was an abandonment. There was this idea that we could become a secular people. Uh, this starts with communism and the like. But because man is inherently a religious people, we cannot but be religious. And so what do we do when we abandon the faith, when we abandon religion? It's not that we believe in nothing. It's that we will believe in anything. 
And so now we're searching for some kind of spirituality, something beyond ourselves, because we recognize that we are not just our bodies, that we're not just our souls. We're a hylomorphic creature. And so that's why we have the errors of transgenderism and the like, mm. but going directly to new age, people are searching for religion without the responsibility of religion. So they get the spirituality, they get the uh, whole uh, feeling that they're doing something spiritual, and they are doing something spiritual, something demonic, but spiritual. And so well, there needs to be a corrective there. Now, yoga specifically, many exorcists have talked about how people were possessed by doing yoga. When they're like, what? How, how, is that? how is that? Well, for people who are Hindu, it makes more sense. Uh, for Americans, it makes less sense. People who are Hindu understand that yoga is a form of liturgy. Uh, it is a it is a prayer to the different gods, and that many of the poses are poses uh, that are symbolic of certain gods. And so, what did we talk about at the beginning? The gods of the pagans are demons, and so people who are doing these, even if they have no, they don't have the intention of doing it. Think about it this way: Is the Eucharist the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, whether or not you believe it? The answer is yes, it is. The Eucharist is always the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, whether or not you believe it or not. So if you desecrate the Eucharist, you are desecrating the body of Christ, whether or whether or not you believe it. In the same way, yoga, whether or not you believe in the in the Hinduism, whether or not you're just doing it for exercise, you're still doing the prayers. You're still praying. Mm. The, you're still praying the liturgy, and so it's demonic. Uh, now it can be argued back and forth, but I would simply say, be safe. I would avoid it at all cost. Um, I would say, find something that is equally as exercising, something that you can stretch with, uh, other things that are not in the same manner. Uh, so I think, uh, I think that will suffice for that. Joe, if you have anything else. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because this is essentially the core nature of Logos Rising with E. Michael Jones. This is what his book is essentially addressing, is man's innate desire for that which is greater than himself and the history of that, uh, of that seeking which comes to its climax and fulfillment in Christ. And then the errors of society uh, because they reject the Logos. And, and, you know, it's interesting because Warren Carroll, which is one of my favorite, actually he is my favorite Catholic historian, his first volume of his uh, multi-volume work on the history of Christendom starts in ancient India and looking at man's uh, seeking of, of the divine, but finding it in the wrong places. And I found that very, very fascinating. And so we can understand the, uh, the man, ancient man's desire to find that thing, but, but the fact is, we ha as to those who are given much, much is expected. So because the revelation has been given to us, we now have to act on that. We now have to, you know, commit our lives to that revelation. We now have to transform our thinking and decision-making based on that, that revealed truth given to us by God himself. So we must abandon our pagan practices, abandon that which uh, would lead us astray to, uh, to seek out the true logos, which is Christ. Anyway, um, Good call there. But I wanted to bring on uh, Hayden. Hayden's been hanging out with us in the studio today. Good morning to you, Hayden. Am I on? You are on. Hey. Hello, Radio World. <laughs> uh, well, kind of. Okay. We're, we're, not, we're not on the radio anymore. We're only on yeah. live stream. Early on uh, can you scoot over to your right? And uh, you're off camera. Oh, am I on camera now? Yeah. yeah. Hello, camera. Uh, so Hayden's just been hanging out with us this morning. Where are you from, Hayden? I am from uh, Texas, right here in Houston. Uh, moved around a bit. Uh, grew up in Kentucky for a bit. Uh, really? 
Yeah, uh, my father's side of the family is all the way across the pond in England. So, oh, really? Yeah, we quite um, frequently used to travel over there. Uh, then, of course, we settled down here in Texas. So, just bouncing all around. <laughs> and you graduated from UST like last year? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what have you been doing with your life? Well, after graduation, uh, I took a quite a while just going through MCAT prep, taking the MCAT medical school application. And then the rejection process, which is uh, <laughs> took a lot of work to get there, but I'm yeah. glad to say I was able to be successfully rejected. Uh, so after that, uh, I also applied, of course, to um, uh, my, my major is psychology. So I also applied to uh, industrial organizational psychology as a, a master's program. And I was accepted to that down in University of Houston, Clear Lake. Yeah. So I'll be doing that. Um, you know, in the meantime, I've also uh, just been staying busy with work and uh getting some money so that I can start mimicking uh, adult behavior. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that one. <clears throat> I mean, uh, it takes a while. Praise be to God. Uh, you got to run the phones today. I mean, uh, only one phone call, but, uh, you know, praise be to God. What do you think of your first, your first effort into the radio world? Well, you know, iPhones came pretty intuitively. This was a little bit more difficult. Uh, no touch screen to be seen, so it's a bit Is that of an the adjustment. first phone that you've ever picked up that had a cord attached to it? No. Really? I'm still old enough to remember when you had to uh, plug your computer into the wall to get internet. You remember that? Yeah. That's fascinating. Oh, yeah, hmm. but uh, I'm sure I'm one of the last. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we like to joke about old, old versus young, because on the show, obviously, I'm old and the rest of the people are here are young. But I think most of our audience is more my age. <clears throat> so praise be to God for that. Well, it's good to have you here, Aiden. Um, I was just seeing Eric Rodriguez. i got to put my glasses back on. Eric Rodriguez just says, Grito for Mary gang. Grito, hashtag Grito for Jesus gang. Well, look at you have started, Adrian. I didn't make the hashtag. You are completely responsible oh. for this. What have you done? What have you done? <laughs> How's it go again? Not doing it. <laughs> it's okay. We can turn it into a soundbite later. <laughs> yes, yes, we can. Um, Josh Patterson says, when people reject God, we get the worship of the exalted. Dr. Fauci. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, let's see. Jeff Burrier says, Adrian, I'm sure the soul... Okay, we read that one earlier. Someone else said, oh, wouldn't it be the, the Jacob's Ladder of Ascension? Oh, yeah. Jacob's Ladder is something different. I thought for sure that's where you were going. Nope. Yeah, but Jacob's ladder is uh, we're referring. That's referring back to the uh, ladder that's seen um, in scripture. The ladder that uh, the angels are going up and down on, and that's actually a symbol of Our Lady. It's a type of Our Lady because it is through Our Lady, and also it's also a type of Our Lord as well because the mediator. You, but uh, it's a symbol of Our Lady because it's through Our Lady that you're able to reach heaven because uh, devotion to Our Lady is a sign of predestination. Yeah, amen. Jay asked about, uh, wanted me to clarify the name of the Catholic historian. His name is uh, um, Warren Carroll. He founded the Christendom College. He is, his opus, his life's work, was a multi-volume. I think there's six, vo six volumes, uh, six books in the volume. Uh, History of Christendom is by far my favorite church historian. Really amazing. My wife buys his books for me as gifts. <laughs> They're just so amazing. So uh, you can check that out. His first volume is the one that talks about ancient India. Uh, as for, uh, he said, as for book recommendations, Father Mitch Pacwa, uh, Catholics in the New Age, 
Uh, that's one book. Um, I would also consume anything by Father Ripperger. He puts out a lot of videos on YouTube about the uh, about the New Age movement and the other um, other things re- similar to it. Uh, let me think. What else, Joe? You think of anything? Uh, I'm thinking of um, Jesse Romero's book, but it's not really about New Age. It's more centered around um, demonic, um, yeah, s- explicitly satanic stuff. There is a there is a lady. Who helps out with Johnette uh, Williams? She she has a radio program across the Guadalupe Radio Network in the nine o'clock Central Time Zone, and Sue Brinkman is her name. She has done a lot of work on the occult and on yoga in particular. They've talked many times about yoga on Johnette's show. So Sue Brinkman is her name. Women of Grace is the organization. I think they do most of that through. So you can check that out. Lose, lose. Uh, look what, look what you've done, Adrian. Look what you've done. Now, Hayden, have you ever seen the video? Jesus is a friend of mine. No, but uh, I know that uh, in the email Adrian sent me when I first uh, mentioned I was interested in the job, he told me to listen in on one of the shows, oh. and I'm I'm sad to say I'm become more familiar with the song. Jesus is a Adrian corrupts. Adrian corrupts people. He okay. does, um, but you know, so he's got the right intentions. At least. If he tries to get you to watch the video, it's like uh, it's like the sirens, you know, in mm-hmm. ancient Greek literature. You got to close your eyes and hold on tight until it's all over. Okay, I got to get some beeswax. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't want to let it end because once it's in, it never leaves your head. It's just there all the time. For instance, Luz over on Facebook says, Joe, we saw the video. Jesus is a friend of mine. Now that song is officially in all of my family's heads. They're welcome. Uh, maybe it could be like the foundation for a, a, a good bit of contemplation and meditation just throughout the day. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all because it's, 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 it, you can't get it out. It's, once you've gone there, you, there's no going back. Luz, I'm so sorry. I will offer a prayer and sacrifice to you. I've got a little situation here. I'll offer some of that suffering to you as well. Hopefully, hopefully the Lord in his kindness and his grace will, will will get it out of your head. I don't know what to say. Bruce says, I tried watching it yesterday until my eyes started burning. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Praise God for the penances he yes, sends you. Sir. Oh. The Catholic Talk Show once joked that Jesus is a friend of mine is what the U.S. plays to integrate high-level prisoners. <laughs> yes, sir. Duh. Yes, sir. That's that's. Uh, I will play that video again until you tell me where the terrorists are. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh man, I joke. It's probably not good. Um, what else? How many people have seen? I've asked this question before. How many people have seen Apocalypto? Raise your hands. Have you ever seen the film Apocalypto? Hayden, have you seen Apocalypto? I can't remember if I saw like a CinemaSins of it or if it was just the trailer, but I saw some kind of something related to it. That's when they go into like the Central America or something and it's all the... No, it's a... Is that Mel Gibson? Is that a Mel Gibson? Okay, I'm thinking of... um, There's another film I got confused about called like... Something about green. I don't know. So no it was it was the it was the film he put out right after he put out the Passion of the Christ. It was the very next project he put out, and um, it it's a film. It's a it's a fictional story placed in time in history of the Aztecs at the precipice of the coming and the landing of Hernan Cortez, and it depicts very in a very brutal way in a very real way 
the life of the Aztecs and the brutal nature of their life and the and the human sacrifice to to the devil himself. And um, that's why I bring it up. It's just because of our guest, uh, Robert Alamante, describing what is essentially sounds to me like the return of the Aztecs in Mexico. Yeah, Mike K., I did watch it. Powerful film. Not watching it again. It's hard, isn't it, Mike? I tried to watch it again a couple of months ago with my wife, and we couldn't even get halfway through. It was She was just like, I can't do this. Turn it off. Can't, we can't go there. Um, Adrian, you said you've never seen it? Nope. Emily, have you seen it? Heard it's really No, I have not. You've not seen it. Are you ever going to – you plan to watch it ever? No, um, I heard it's super inappropriate. Super inappropriate. Is that true? And what, what means? What, I don't know. I was just told that it was inappropriate. So it depicts indigenous people and indigenous garb, if that's what you mean. But um, – and then it depicts, obviously, the brutal life of the Aztecs. The brutal, the brutality of their efforts to capture fellow indigenous people and then bring them to their uh, their pagan temple and then cut their hearts out and offer it to their pagan god. Gross. It does depict that very clearly. The life nice. of of the Aztecs, and it's not exaggeration. I mean, it is a fictional story, but I mean, it was a pretty. If you read the description of the Bernal Diaz, I would say Apocalypto did not go far enough. <laughs> The reality of the life, according to Bernal Diaz, who was there at the time. In fact, in his records, Bernal Diaz, in his accounts of the the uh, the expedition in Mexico with Hernan Cortez, they had to fight massive, massive battles. I mean, overwhelmed ten to one in in the odds in the favor of the Aztecs. And when they fought the battles, the Aztecs wouldn't fight to kill. The Aztecs would fight to capture because they would kill you at the temple, cutting out your heart. And and Bernal Diaz says there were several occasions he was he was captured and he got freed by a fellow Spaniard. So his life was like that. In fact, on the the one scene that uh, really grips me is reading Bernal Diaz's account of when they were trying to capture Mexico City after they got booted out. Once, uh, and they were trying to they were trying to come down these bridges, and they were having to fight viciously. Hernan Hernan Cortez is looking at the city, and he can he's watching fellow Spaniards being sacrificed at the top of the temple, and they can hear the screams. And the way they describe that is just horrific. So listening to uh, Robert Almonte today was was such uh, an eye opener. So I just got a I just got a text from a friend of mine. Uh, Trey Dietz, he's a, a friend of mine at, from St. Teresa's in Sugarland, and he texted me. He said, it's, um, it's XP, Adrian, not PX. My student just came in saying you got the quiz answers out of order. Truly an excellent testament to the age-old question, are you smarter than a fourth grader? <laughs> other, than, other than that, she obviously likes your show. She wouldn't stop talking about it while I typed this text. Oh, wow. No way. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Called out. Yes, praise be to God. Alma says, Apocalypto, you can see the reason for Satanism in Mexico today. It's pagan origin. Yeah, that's the sad part. That's why I asked. Um, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a very, here's a very critical question. Okay, Hayden, this one's for you. Oh, are you, boy. Are, are you ready? Is this going to be like a, the same kind of level where I just pick Adrian or Emily's response? No. No? This, this, oh, you, no. This is a, I'm in the hot seat. If you are asking you a question, oh, and boy. this is critical, okay? Very Ugh. intense. Okay. Okay, take a breath. 
Try to answer as truthfully as you possibly can. Okay? Not that I think you're a liar, but... I mean, you might find out later, but you never, it's okay. We That'll, found out the hard truth later on someone else on the team here. And whoa, whoa, it's whoa, never whoa, been whoa. the same since. Oh. Okay. Lori asks, has Hayden seen any Star Wars films? I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. What do you mean, pretty what? sure? Well, there are just so many what? now. They're doing the spinoffs. You, okay. like, you can't remember no, no, a no, film no, no. that you the, Well, the question was, have I seen any? Okay, so the full have answer is... Have you seen is, a Star Wars film? I'm pretty sure. Pretty I've, sure. I'm pretty sure I've regrettably seen all of them, even the bad ones. Oh, my even the newer ones, even the spinoffs. Lori, I'm sorry. So I've seen Solo. We I've need seen to ask this at the Rogue door. One. Okay. From now on, Adrian, make a note. We ask them when they get to the door. Have you seen Star Wars? I'm taking a How note. How is this I'm the wrong answer? Right He's seen every one. I've seen all of them, even the bad ones. Even the Okay, so you have seen them. I have seen them. You're officially saying your answer is, yes, I've seen them. I've seen the Star Wars films. Star Wars films. Now, I've not seen the actual films themselves, the canisters, okay. right? But I've seen them in motion digitally. Pop question. Yeah. Who is Luke Skywalker's father? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> I, I believe uh, <laughs> it's... There's this, there's this guy with, like, the skin condition in one of the movies, right? And so he wore eczema. this... He, eczema. Eczema, <laughs> yes. That case of eczema, was it? Uh, I, think okay. he, I think he caught COVID, so he had, like, this he breathing did. problem. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he was dressed all in yeah. black. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to wear a mask. Dude, Hayden's hilarious. Okay. I think it was something... I think it was German, too. Ger- German? I think Isn't Darth mm-hmm. Vader German? No. no. Did you just give the answer? No. I don't, no <laughs> spoilers, <laughs> man. No spoilers. All right. Uh, okay. okay. Second question. What causes the force? What causes the force? Yes. What is? What causes the force? There's only one correct answer here, and if you get it wrong. <laughs> uh, is it the imagination of the writers? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, I accept that actually better than the actual the answer. The correct <laughs> answer is Medichlorians. No. No. That was the wrong answer. That was the wrong answer that I was referring to. I accept uh, imagination of the writers but over Medichlorians. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what can we do right here? You know, it's like, it is what it is, right? Uh, Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Come on, man. Star Wars uh, Star Wars three and a half, or four and a half was uh, Darth Vader getting COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. Betty says, this is sad. <laughs> and Jesus said, oh, job interview went bad. <laughs> uh, Boris, uh, Josh Patterson says, the force is the uncaused cause. Wow. I don't know, man. Mm, seems mm. kind of heretical, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit far from me, too. Well, you know, that raises a good question. So if the midichlorians are the cause of the force, who, what caused the midichlorians? How does one get the midichlorians? Ooh. Oh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, see, that's the problem. It, they, they made medi- the, the force to be like this, like basically like the, hen, like the uh, pantheistic god. But then they, then they say it's midichlorians, and then it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Because now it's a created thing. It's like a thing you can test and observe with your eyes. It, so it's no longer it's it's no longer something mystical. It's it's something like physical. I th- Bruce said he said metachlorians wear the horns of the apocalypse. Yeah, like yeah, you're not allowed in the Star Wars universe. You are not allowed to like the prequels. It is Anakin is definitely not a it Jedi. It is Jesus. verboten to like the prequels. However. Okay, for all of our prequel hate, we do love the lightsaber battles, do we not? In the prequels? Yes, we do. And that's whoa, the whoa, one whoa. thing Why are you speaking for we me? should have gotten in the last three. 
Anyway. Just kidding. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, what's up? So what is what is up with the fact that they did not uh, that they did not have uh, great lightsaber battles in the new Star Wars movies? Like the whole point of Star Wars, whenever if you're not going to tell a good story, is the lightsaber battles, <laughs> and they did they did neither. They had like one lightsaber battle on the first movie, like and yeah, one in the second yeah, movie, yeah. and like one in the third preach movie. It, preach it, bro. And, yeah. and it wasn't even a good story. Come with it. Keep going. I'm upset. Uh, Mexican food apparently causes the force, according to Low seventy nine. That's a better answer. Well, it causes Samuel. some kind of force. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough silliness and shenanigans for the whole week. Praise Come find me God. in San Antonio. Like, do we do we ever talk of anything substantive anymore in the after show? We talked about the new age. Oh, we did. Okay, I feel better about all of this all of a sudden. God love you all. Thank you for being silly with us. We are very grateful. You're the best part of the show for sure. Hanging out with you, chatting with you, and having a laugh. Especially out of, after so, the intensity of some of the subjects. But please do us a favor and share the content. It helps us in a big way. You can find all the links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We're going to talk about Islam on Monday. Yeah, that's a thing. And we're going to talk about that and much, much more next week. So stick around next week, Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. Bring your friend. Bring your family. Bring a stranger. God love you. Have a great Thank weekend. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic